Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm not European, nor do I plan on being European. Okay, we're talking about Daybreak on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> that was a reference. I don't I don't get it. Good. Good. Uh, it, it's from somebody who killed somebody once upon a time, who just happens to be the star of this, this uh, are, are, are television gonna, show. I'm going to talk about the Joker again. <laughs> God, if only. Uh, that's from Ferris Bueller, my friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that he had a day off once? Just uh, uh, it was very sad. <laughs> he is the epitome of overworked Americans. He really is. Uh, Daybreak is a show on Netflix based on comics that came out in the mid 2000s. Uh, and this was a show that Matt and I, or an episode, we weren't sure we were going to do, but we ended up watching the trailer. We had some time to fill, and we figured, like, why not do it? And I will say, I think we felt differently, but I enjoyed this show way more than, than I thought I would. I had very little expectations going in my expectations were exceeded but not by a lot uh essentially it takes place in a world where it's post-apocalyptic world a bomb has gone off and only people uh essentially like 18 and under uh have survived uh but it's not like this gritty dark tale like it's fun like it shows it has like elements like the like the last man on earth like oh like everyone's dead i'm going to go loot these places and stack up my crib and make it sweet and awesome i have all the sweet stuff in my house like that like that kind of feel to it uh the adults aren't dead i should say they've been transformed into what are labeled ghoulies where they just say the last thing that they were thinking out loud yeah i thought that that was kind of weird i also thought it was weird that we saw them like a total of Five times throughout the entire ten episodes. Uh, ghoulies are expensive. <laughs> Blood makeup is not cheap. You know, and the Halloween stores only open once a month. There's some chick that carries around a flamethrower everywhere <laughs> she goes, and they couldn't throw some. To be fair, dum dums. She's a genius, and she's also a psychopath. Uh, they're talking about Angelica. Uh, the main character in our story is named Josh. Colin. Is no Colin's the actor, right? Josh. Yeah. Uh, not gay Josh or the no, other, other gay Josh. Josh. <laughs> Which one of the best jokes is when the other gay Josh was like, well, gay Josh is dead. Like, can I be the gay <laughs> Josh? He's like, how dare you like try to appropriate someone's identity uh, <laughs> from one of the best characters. But we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, uh, essentially, he decides that he wants to save his girlfriend, uh, Sam, uh, in this apocalyptic world. And is searching for uh, in this, it's this whole big long convoluted thing. But they end up in the mall. He teams up with this uh, preteen or maybe 13-year-old uh, named Angelica. I'm not sure how old she is. Who's a genius, like I mentioned, a psychopath. Like, she's seriously twisted and messed up. Uh, she'd be a terrible friend to have. And teams up with uh, Wiley, who is this uh, pacifist who's taking on this samurai persona. Uh, who also loves smoking weed. And he's gay. Yeah, like, and he has a lot yeah. of his dialogue uh, narrated by the Rizzo. Yes, okay. So... Episodes Which one is the two, best part of the of the entire series. Episodes one and two are focused on Josh, uh, but the rest all take a different viewpoint for a different character for the most part. Uh, so I was going to ask you what what was your favorite viewpoint episode? Was it Wiley's? Oh, I like the uh, the Sam viewpoint episode, uh, the bottle episode, because you know why shouldn't your main character just slut shame in the at the almost end of the first it, season? That was, and I want to talk about that. I thought that was really interesting because we see. 
Sam is Josh's love interest, and we only see her from Josh's point of view. And Josh yeah. thinks her as Josh views her as this perfect, flawless creature that like everyone loves. Uh, and Sam's episode is from Sam's point of view, and it like it's so different than everyone's. Because like every episode is kind of like fun and absurd and whimsical. This episode is not like it is serious and dark and like yeah. it left me uncomfortable like in a lot of moments as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's and it's a weird thing to have. It's the eighth episode of ten. And it's a a very odd time. It never takes to, place in the present either. No, uh, it's just one day, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And it's over the matter of, over the course of a few hours, really. Yeah. And it's bizarre. Yeah. And it's twisted, but it's also kind of beautiful at times. But then it's fucked up again. Yeah. Like there's a scene where Sam, like Josh, is uncomfortable because he thought he was losing his virginity to Sam, and it turns out that like Sam has been with a bunch of people. And like Josh is like sixteen, like seventeen, so of course, like that's going to upset him. I feel like I feel like that's a natural reaction when you're, especially like when you're as clueless like as Josh is too. Uh, not that his reaction was right, but I feel like it's natural for like that character. Sure. Uh, and so like Sam's response is like go into like Josh's mother room and take out like a piece of, like her clothing and like strip down and like put on like his mother's jacket, and, like put on like her makeup, and like a delivery guy comes and she like invites him to the house and she's like half naked. She she's a high schooler. All yeah. It's so it was so awkward. And then like she gives yeah. like this like speech like in like the pool talking about how maybe she's gonna be this or this and like Josh can't say that. Like this is a lot to put on a kid like just like have like who just told you like he loved you. Like it and like I think it's really difficult for teenagers to navigate the 2019 landscape. It's yeah. difficult for me as a 30 year old person <laughs> to navigate the 2019 landscape. But I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> Leave me alone. Mom. Hashtag best I can. <laughs> Which also isn't good enough. We need yeah. to keep growing. Which I, what I liked about like that episode too is like, it, like there's moments like where like Josh is a flawed character. Like moments like I didn't like Josh. Like where Josh listed off all the foods he didn't like and only wanted cheesecake factor. I'm like, oh man, this is really annoying. Like that really bugs me about Josh. Which is oh. also crazy because that is you. Uh, no, I, li- I liked all the foods that she listed except for curry. No, thank you. Josh didn't like ramen. Okay. Yeah. You like pizza without cheese, you psychopath. Um, yeah, because I wish I was lactose intolerant. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was. I'm not going to have been to the will of Big Dairy. Um, oh, man. but yeah, that episode is so different, but like my favorite episode was very different than that one. It was episode six, which is Wally's episode, which you mentioned was narrated by the RZA. Uh, had a very yeah. heavy samurai motif and like had like act one like act card with like titles with subtitles and everything like and the RZA's narration was so great and you have like quality breaking down talking to the RZA because the RZA is calling him out because the RZA is like his narrator he's like you chose me like I am more educated than this I'm smarter than this yeah. I know like you it's like you're the yeah. movie that you quoted was fucking the yeah. wrong movie too yeah I like, love that. that like it was so good like there were so many moments like and. Like, this show is a good job of avoiding, like, the typical, like, CW teenager tropes, I feel like. I uh, disagree. There, I could there, not there, disagree. There was more. one big one that it didn't avoid. It was that, like, everyone had problems due to their parents, which kind of bugged me. Yep. And uh, another one, too, that, like, the adults fucked up this world. Like, how can, like, we, like, those two are the big ones that, like, really There's some me. big eye rolls. And there were a few times, because I watched it with my girlfriend either next to me or, you know, in the next room or whatever. She says, that sounds cheesy as fuck. And it's just happens and happens and happens but don't get me wrong there's a bunch of those fun moments i think it just tries really yeah. hard on a bunch of different areas and if it's stuck to a couple just of stop. different 
Um, yes, it would have been fantastic. I agree, in my opinion. But like, I I think they added that depth because I feel like like that's what like a like fourteen year old watching that show would like want. Because like when like you're fourteen, you see those characters like you see them as adults. Right? I have to always take a step back and realize this is made for me. I can feel like but the, who there this were is made for. A thousand, and I can appreciate it. But there were a thousand jokes that they would not have gotten a million times. Absolutely. Also, too, can we talk about the soundtrack was fantastic for this show. It was so good. It was all right. You have it opens with one of the bits that always killed me was the uh the American Idol, the American whatever it was, like uh on the death stage for in front of Turbo had the band playing like today that. by the Smashing Pumpkins, which they play the melody a lot of today, yeah. uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, it's like the greatest day in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it had California Love uh, by Dr. Dre and Tupac yep. on there. Uh, it had Morrissey, uh, Sing Your Life, uh, which I love the episode, the uh, one about Miss Crumple. Uh, and she's in a Morrissey cover band, all female, called Girlfriend in a Coma, which is a great name for a Morrissey cover band. Like that stuff, like I loved. Uh, like, so I thought the soundtrack was really good because it wasn't just, it doesn't mean sound like an old man, but just like modern, like pop for like top 40 pop hits or anything. Well, not only that, but I think the strength of the soundtrack is that it pops from genre to genre. I agree. Um, cause Morrissey to Smashing Pumpkins to, to fucking Dr. To, Dre. Yeah, to all the modern bands that you and I can't name. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, cause yeah, they're not I modern punk rock bands. Couldn't begin. Uh, I've got some names for you. Creators of Daybreak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, which I have a, a great band name that I will get into later and I can't wait. I don't want to jump into like, uh, like the, the thick of the plot. I want to separate two things though. I think there are the three best, most fun characters, but aside from like them, actually I'll do this. Okay. Who were your top three characters in the show? Okay. So let's first just list off the characters. Okay. For, for the audience out there. Uh, you have Josh, the protagonist, who's kind of like your everyman. Who, He's a part of a tree. Who is a, the leader of a trio. Yes. Uh, who has like MacGyver as like, and like survival knowledge, like type skills. Yes. Uh, okay. Then you have Wiley, who is the, uh, uh pacifist uh, samurai. Yep. Uh, who's also, but has amazing samurai skills. Who is in love with Turbo. Turbo, who is the villain. Who, who doesn't speak? No, who doesn't speak? Yeah, anymore, uh, anyways. Yeah, you have. He's got half his face. Angelica, right off. who's the Mensa genius psychopath. Yeah. Uh, you have Eli, who runs the mall. Who will I will talk about at great length. I feel like later. Uh, uh, he's like Jean Ralphio meets. Yeah. Uh, no, he's basically Jean Ralphio. Yeah, he, he meets Mona Lisa Sapertine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you have. KJ, who's a foreign exchange student who doesn't speak English, but actually does speak English. Yeah. Uh, you have Sam, who we mentioned, who is the female love interest. Yep, Mrs. Crumble. You have Mrs. Crumble, who is a ghoulie, but also not really a ghoulie. Uh, you have, I can't remember. Baron Triumph. Baron Triumph, who's another villain, uh, who's actually, spoiler, Matthew Brock's character, who's the principal. So that's I can't remember. Um, yeah, I don't remember either. Um, but I, it, do you think that he's just being typecast for a murderer on <laughs> yeah, wheels now? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that's basically who he is in real life. So, <laughs> uh, uh, you also have you have a bunch of minor characters. You have the golf club. They were all like Larry, oh, Jerry, yeah. Terry. They were all great. You have the different tribes, like the Cheerazons, the Gamers, like the Four H Club. Yeah. Uh, you have Turbo Second Command, whose name I can't remember right now. No, I think she has um, a mohawk. Yeah. Uh, spikes. She's wearing spikes. Yeah. Anywho, okay, that's plenty of characters to name. So you asked me who are my favorite three? Yeah, top three. Um, Wiley, uh, Eli, and oh, that third one's tough. I'm going to stick with my top two, and maybe I'll pick a third. 
Okay. Uh, Wiley is my favorite character. Like, yep, I same. think he's just the, cool, the coolest character. But I think my, my favorites like are just ones like the most fun, which is Mrs. Crumble. Because Mrs. Crumble is just fun every time she's on screen. She tries to eat Josh's she, fingers she, as a hot dog yeah. at one point. Uh, she uh, she talks to doll heads. Uh, she gets really offended <laughs> when one's facing away because he can't look at her. Uh, uh, she's she's great, and her standalone episode is fantastic. It's like this sitcom esque episode, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and you're not really sure what's real or not. I mean, I'll, I think you can be pretty certain of what's real and what's not. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure she was an actor on a sitcom. Uh, <laughs> there was also no. Matthew Brock's character, Principal Burr. Uh, who I like him a lot. Like he, Alex looked it up, yes. just so you guys know. So. Uh, professionalism. Uh, <laughs> because he's just so unlike your normal villain. Like, he was just so uh, genial and, like, polite and calm the entire time. Uh, like, and he's also a cannibal. Uh, so, like, yeah. like that's what we found. And he was also dark and very self-serving. Like, the show had some good twists at the end, too, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite, who we mentioned earlier, is Eli. Eli is just amazing. Uh, his girlfriend, Mavis, is maybe a mop. Or maybe not. Uh, she does show up in one episode, uh, and she's played by the same actress that played uh, the Von Strucker girl from The Gifted as well. Um, there you so, go. so are you saying that this is a direct comparison to Umbrella Academy? Uh, yes, it's a better version of Umbrella Academy. You were so uh, like the, when? Where will your hate for Gerard Way stop? Never. Uh, I saw that they were getting back together, and I have decided that now I'm getting my band back together. <laughs> no romance for chemicals. <laughs> um but like that's a it, great band name let me just <laughs> say no romance for you. we we cover every michael McCormick song but for major chords we play in minor chords for minor chords we play in major chords um shows them yeah. right yeah. um but i think like it killed me like when eli died like it sucked like eli was so much fun and unlike every other character on there yep he's just this hyperactive like matt calling him john ralphio was perfect like that like <laughs> that's who he is he's just like a teenage version uh, of john ralphio and he was just amazing so when he died like it sucks like why of all characters they have to kill him um he's just a teenage dirtbag and i wish they played that song that would have been so good uh, the show also has mutant pugs which is great too yep. Uh, uh, so shut up because I'm talking about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> so go, go right ahead. Uh, well, I thought about it and I don't want to, so there's a moment at the very end, right after Eli dies or right before he dies where a gigantic mutilated, I'm not mutilated, but mutated, yeah. is a better word, uh, pug the size of seven humans, roughly. Yeah. Uh, just destroys this person. Hoyle, and, and who's then, a terrible person. And then maybe rapes them? Yeah. It looked like... So I thought of the band name Pug Rape. <laughs> great name. <laughs> Which is uh, a great punk band. Or Grindcore band. Yeah. <laughs> or a Christian band. Yep. Um, Christian Grindcore. Either. <laughs> um, There's also, like... I wish there was more, but when the adults had, like, the flashback scenes... There were characters like I loved because they had Ken Marino playing Hoyle's dad. I wanted more Ken Marino. Oh my god, did I ever want more Ken Marino? That's why this show yeah. is getting a zero ranking yeah. for me for the extreme and, lack of Ken Marino. Uh, Turbo's dad was Joe Manganiello, and he was great too. Yeah, uh, like he like, and they both stole the scenes that they were in. Like they definitely outacted like their their teenage, which is yeah. expected because they're more experienced actors. But like they were like, I wanted more of that. But they probably got paid like the minimum to show up and do like a half day's work. Uh, so like I, the show was just a lot more fun th- than I was expecting. And the big twist at the end is that Sam kind of sucks. Like, yeah, Sam, Sam, if he gets on season, Sam could be the villain next season. 
she wasn't just busting his dick because he was a piece of shit yeah. uh, when he called her a slut right after his dad died, which I think there's like eight spoilers yeah. that I just yeah. about <laughs> that we haven't got into. That was in that sweet bottle yeah. episode I, I talked about where uh, he just straight up slut shames her. And then she, or I guess before that, she, yeah, she, she slut shames her a lot in that episode. Really? Yeah. But to be uh, for the second half, he's dealing with the grief of his father, which doesn't make it all right, but makes it more understandable. Yeah, it doesn't make yeah. it all right. But yeah, it makes it to where you can yeah understand his. But like sure. Josh knows, like he's flawed. Like Sam talked about like how she wasn't a damsel in distress, but like and she took credit for like Josh's plan to like save the day, and she seemed like she wanted to rule over everyone as well too. And I think there's this, in that episode, I think Principal Burr actually calls her out, like saying that like when Sam made that video, it's because like Sam was thirty people like her, like Sam could be a sociopath, a, a manipulator. It's like everyone loves Sam, but maybe it's because Sam was great at reading people and getting to tell them exactly what they want for her own goals. We don't know. Like that moment is a bit more layered than I expected from this show, especially at the end too. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely led into the, what the ending was with her turning on everybody else. after yeah. They killed him with uh, his nut allergy. Yeah. Uh, and a, a hand pops out of his stomach too. Yeah, uh, which was so weird. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Also, you want to talk about it, it? We get a flashback to the opening of the show where uh, Josh first encounters the golf team and the guy's flipping him off and he tries to stop him by cutting his finger off with the sword, but the sword just gets stuck in his hand. Like, that's a great moment right there, too. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of moments like that. I loved when he was chasing Eli around. Yes. I loved when Eli snuck back into the mall dressed as like a Jewish rabbi or like an Orthodox like Jew. Like I thought that was like, uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So what would you rate this on a scale of one to 10? Uh, six and a half. I think that there are a lot of strengths that the show has. I think there are a lot of shortcomings and I would like to see another season. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I, I would like some of the cheese cleaned up. I would. He means like... that literally. There's just way oh. too much brie <laughs> and gouda. Yep. Uh, no American cheese, probably because it was shot in Canada. I know that we've got a, a teenager show here, but can we make it a little? If you're trying to appeal to me personally, for you want me, it to be hard R. You need yeah, a Joker to be in it. I, I need lots of penetration, and this show gave me barely yeah. any, pen, any penetration. No, I think like the most we got was when we saw uh, Principal Burr sharpen a pencil. Sharpen a pencil. Yeah, I want to be able to smell the penetration from the screen from where I'm sitting. Uh, that technology does not exist yet, <laughs> but maybe you can be a pioneer. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the show will inspire you. Some weird smell of vision, my friend. Uh, I'm going higher than you are. I rank the show an eight. Like I love this show. And I watched the show in less than forty eight hours, all of it. Yeah, you've been uh, the shit out of the show. And maybe that's why, like, maybe I'm still like writing the high, like, of this show. Yeah. But I, I definitely want to get season two. Like, it doesn't have a huge cliffhanger, so you can watch it if it gets canceled. You won't be like heartbroken or crestfallen. It does tie things up, but it does leave some things open for a season two. I hope like, it gets one. Um, I hope that they can wrap it. And up. I'll say this too: I thought like the younger actors, they were all good. Like they were all, like none of them were terrible or bad actors. Like they were all well cast for for their parts. Yeah, I wasn't huge on Angelica. Or her character, uh, the young one. Yeah, I mean, a- Angelica was a gym psychopath, though. And, like, I could see, like, I could see if bad things happen to her. I would be okay with it. I just didn't dig the character much. She's a 14-year-old psychopath who gives people diarrhea. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever, uh, who cares? So, next week, we're diving into our first ever Disney Plus world. Whoa, whoa. Going back uh, to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. Are there two? They're going to be released. By the time we record it, there'll be two episodes out. Oh yeah, 
Well, I think. I, if my math is right, maybe just one. But I'm pretty sure two. We're going to be talking about at least one episode. At least the opening credits. <laughs> at least the scroll. It's insane because we are recording this early and holy shit, I can't wait. Yeah, he means we're recording at 4 a.m. Uh, yeah. that, that's the best time to capture audio. Anyways. Yeah, it really is. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics.gmail.com. Uh, find us wherever books are sold, but only at Borders, not Barnes and Noble. Uh, mm-hmm. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, please make sure you like and subscribe, and then steal your mother's phone and like and subscribe on her podcast app as well. She will never know, I promise. That's the best use of crime I ever heard in my life. Yeah. Uh, for the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I am a pirate. Henchman ain't easy. I don't know why I'm a pirate, but... <laughs>